You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, a local environmentalist is trying to convince people to let go of their perfectly manicured lawns. I think there is a shift happening and it's definitely taking root and spreading. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) And plans are in the works for a large pavilion in Highland Park. We view the pavilion as something that we can build a narrative of historic landscape preservation around. Plus, a particularly deadly strain of bird flu is spreading through New York, from wild birds to chicken farms. Outside chickens, chickens that are raised outside, can come into contact with this wild waterfowl. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting Legacy Cast, audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity, produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at rocvox.com. For a lot of people, having a perfectly cut, well-manicured lawn is a bit of a status symbol, or at least a point of pride. But there's a growing movement of environmentalists trying to change that. They're urging homeowners to put away their lawnmowers for a whole month and let the grass and weeds grow wild. My colleague Beth Adams looked into this. She spoke with one Brighton resident who is pushing no mow May. Beth has this story. These are my raspberry bushes. At first glance, Cheryl Frank's lawn looks like any suburban yard. A stretch of grass is bordered by shrubs and some flowering plants that are still waking up. But once she starts pointing out what grows here, it's more diverse than you might think. I have arugula growing in my front yard, and that's because the birds, the squirrels, put seeds there. So these are wild onions. So you'll see these all over all over the city. It's just interesting to see what grows. Like every day it looks different because the, the dead leaves become less and the green becomes more. Frank is president of Color Brighton Green, a nonprofit dedicated to reducing greenhouse gas emissions. She's asking homeowners to make a pledge to not mow their lawns for the month of May. Because our grass in our yards is 2% of the land area of the U.S., which makes it the biggest crop that we grow. <laughs> and even if we all turned part of that back into natural habitat for wildlife. Think of the carbon emissions it would save and think of the animals that would be saved. Most cities and towns have ordinances limiting how high grass and weeds can grow, usually 10 to 12 inches. It would probably take longer than a month for them to get that high. While many people take pride in their weed-free, manicured lawns, Frank hopes they can be swayed to look at it a different way. In addition to frequent mowing, she says the use of chemical pesticides kill the rich diversity of life growing in the grass. Just like, would you rather live in an all-white neighborhood or a neighborhood that has all kinds of different people in it? The same for your lawn. Do you want all one kind of grass or do you want different things in your lawn? If an entire month of no mowing is a bridge too far for some, Frank says, don't worry, she may not even make it that long herself. My electric mower doesn't have a lot of high settings, so I'm going to have to mow when I realize that I'll get stuck. So I might cheat and start May 20th or something. We'll just have to see how much it rains. Or you can dedicate just a part of your lawn to the project. 
some suggestions for people would be to leave a mown border around a part of your yard that you're choosing not to mow, maybe put up a sign that says pollinator habitat so that the neighbors know that it's intentional and that you're not just being lazy. Um, and I could also just do the backyard so no one could see it. And if you are worried about what the neighbors will say, you can take her attitude. They already know I'm a little bit tree hugger, so <laughs> they'll figure it out. Beth Adams is the host of Morning Edition on WXXI. Hi, this is Evan Dawson from WXXI. And if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News. A quick history lesson for you. Way back in 1890, some of Rochester's leading citizens got together and dedicated a pavilion in Highland Park to the city's children. The pavilion was torn down decades ago, but soon the park will have a new pavilion in its place. Jeremy Mole is city's news editor. He has this story. Diane Hampton remembers playing around the children's pavilion as a little girl. She'd visit with her two sisters, and her grandmother would stand on one of the pavilion's upper floors taking pictures. You know, I just remember running up and down and around and around. I, I mean, these are my two older sisters I was playing with. <laughs> you know? So uh, they were probably just chasing me. <laughs> yeah. That was more than 70 years ago. The historic three-story pavilion has long since been torn down, but a new pavilion is poised to rise in its place. The Highland Park Conservancy has spent the last couple of decades securing donations and grants for the project. It still didn't have enough until a few weeks ago when Monroe County officials committed to providing the remaining funds needed for the project. Joanne Beck is president of the Highland Park Conservancy Board. We view the pavilion as something that we can build a narrative of historic landscape preservation around. Highland Park was originally designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, and he put the pavilion at the park's highest point. His intent was to ensure that everyone in Rochester, rich or poor, had a place where they could freely soak in the hilly scenes to the south of the park. The new pavilion will be built in the same spirit. He had this grand vision of social equity, of everybody having equal access to the most beautiful places, and in so doing, creating a more just society. And we never needed that more than we do today. That's an evergreen principle. Jeremy Mole is City's news editor. You can read more about the history of the Children's Pavilion and its future at rockcitynews.com. And finally, a highly transmittable strain of avian influenza continues to spread throughout New York. The disease is unlikely to be passed on to humans, but can quickly kill and spread easily through domestic birds like chickens. Commercial poultry and egg farmers are calling on backyard chicken enthusiasts to take measures to help mitigate the spread. Vaughn Golden is a reporter for WSKG in Binghamton. He has this story. 
Christina Hudson Kohler is a fourth-generation egg farmer in Onondaga County. She takes precautions against diseases like this particularly bad strain of avian flu, but the risks are big. If one chicken gets the flu, they have to kill all 250,000 of them. Hudson Kohler asks backyard chicken farmers to help stop the spread. If you have a backyard flock, I would just ask you to take it seriously. Um, consider biosecurity, uh, keeping your birds inside, that would be great. The virus is spread through bird droppings, especially from waterfowl like ducks and geese. That makes small backyard flocks particularly vulnerable. Dr. Jara Jang specializes in avian viruses at Cornell's vet school. Outside chickens, chickens that are raised outside, uh, uh, pasture, poultry, or just free-range poultry, can come into contact with these wild waterfowl. And through their feces. Jang says chicken farmers should keep birds away from visitors and cover their enclosures if possible. Cornell's vet school and the U.S. Department of Agriculture both have more resources on their website for how to defend against the virus. Vaughn Golden is a reporter for WSKG in Binghamton. You can hear and read more of their stuff at WSKG.org. And that's it for your shot. If you like our little show, subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes in your feed every Friday. Leave us a review, tell your friends about us, or even reach out to us directly at earshot at wxxi.org to let us know what you think. Find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.